All right, everybody, welcome to the April 18th edition of Cascadian Views from deep in the heart of quarantine. I'm here with Dan again. Howdy. Uh, we haven't gone crazy. It's been a good step. Uh, More or less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Uh, we had election news this week. Not an actual election. That happened a couple weeks ago. But uh, Wisconsin results came back. Uh, Biden did really well, basically across the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said on this show, like three weeks ago, there was not a chance in hell that the Democrats were winning the Wisconsin Supreme court seat. And I have to eat a lot of crow because guess what? We fucking won the Wisconsin Supreme court seat and it wasn't even close. It was a thumping. Yeah. Yeah. Like the final margin was damn near 10 points or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was incredible. I, could not have imagined that happening whatsoever and it happened across the state the the democrats margins were up in every county in the state we we outperformed our 2016 numbers it's it, it is restoring my faith that maybe wisconsin is winnable because i'd basically written it off mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well yeah 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 i think uh, there's i'm i'm yeah, I've been pretty pessimistic about Wisconsin. I think we'll probably get a better shot with Arizona. But, yeah, that was really impressive. Uh, it was really great to see the Republicans just screwing around with the election and playing hell with people's lives and watching it completely blow up in their faces. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you know, between the fact that there was still a live primary going on on the Democratic side, and I think there was probably a lot of anger about what the Republicans were doing you know, to force people to vote in a pandemic, that, yeah, they just got hosed for it. And good riddance. Yeah, no, it, it was incredible to see. Um, really, I'm, I'm fucking amazed. And that's going to pay dividends right away. That means there's not going to be a purge of 200,000 voters in Wisconsin. That was a case before the Supreme Court. Um, The the candidate who was up for election was recused from that decision. So it it was a tie uh, awaiting the result of this election. There was, uh, I believe, one or two conservative Supreme Court justices who were voting against the purge with uh, more liberal ones. Uh, And now with... uh, the, the gentle lady taking her seat. We we have a majority to over overrule the uh, Wisconsin voter purge, which is going to help out a lot in 2020 if we're going to have a real chance at this. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, because that was decided by, what, less than le- less than 30,000 votes in 2016. So, mm-hmm. yeah, knocking 200,000 people off the voter rolls could have been, yeah, a disaster. Yeah, and... Uh, Put it completely out of reach. You mentioned you feel better about Arizona than you do Wisconsin. I, I will go farther than that. I think if we don't win Arizona, it's a disappointing mm-hmm. election result for us. Yeah. Uh, I, the, the map is changing. It, it's very different from what it was even in like 2008 or so. Uh, I, I do believe Biden puts Pennsylvania pretty firmly in the Democratic column. But yeah. Wisconsin? I still think Wisconsin's off the table. And Arizona, I think... I, I basically think we have to take Arizona, and we should take Arizona. If we don't take Arizona, we fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, 
that's that's the flip going on is the upper you know northern midwest being flipped for a handful of sunbelt states yeah. and that's we have to make that trade and we have to get the better side of it earlier or else yeah the republicans are going to be in control for a long time and, and you know we've pretty firmly like you know, got our side of that. Nevada has, has more or less become a state I expect to see in the Democratic mm-hmm. column. Same with Colorado, you know, historically, vaguely conservative, maybe a swing state. But at this point, if we don't win Colorado, I think we've done something wrong in the campaign. That, that's just a state that's in our column now. Yeah. Uh, and Arizona, you know, looking at the polls, we're up by close to double digits. Like an incumbent senator is... is you know, fundraising at half her Democratic challengers level. And getting blown out in the polls, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a state that went from solidly Republican to, at this point next year, uh, I, I think the odds on money case is that it has two Democratic senators and voted mm-hmm. for the Democrat in the presidential election. Uh, yeah. Wisconsin, even with this result, I think Wisconsin's tough. Yes, and it's going to keep getting tougher, and that's why, that's why again you got to make the Arizona flip. I mean, you mentioned Colorado earlier. If we don't, if we don't win Colorado, we don't just you know haven't just messed up. We've lost, and that's mm. pretty clear. It's an essential portion of any kind of Democratic winning uh, electoral college map anymore. It has to include Colorado. It has to include Virginia. I mean, these are states that were still off in the distance even as recently as 2004 but uh yeah now they've become pretty crucial especially as we've you know i think we've lost iowa pretty much for the foreseeable future and wisconsin and michigan and pennsylvania are all on the brink of uh going over you know flipping over red as a default state (sighs) like you said biden's gonna keep Pennsylvania this time, and I think Michigan's flipped around, but Wisconsin, that's what it's all going to come down to. Yeah, Wisconsin just seems gone. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll raise you one more, too. Uh, Democrats have to make a play for North Carolina. That, that like, has to be a state that we compete in. We don't necessarily have to win it. Obama won in 2008, lost in 2012, but it's a state we have to play in, a state we have to make Republicans spend money in. And mm-hmm. really, we we should have a 50-50 shot of winning that state. We're looking good in it now. Democrats yeah. uh, ahead in the presidential race. The Democratic Senate candidate, Cal Cunningham, is uh, mm-hmm. slightly behind in his race, but uh, only by four points. And Tom Tillis is at 38%, which is a bad number to be at if you're an incumbent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really where it's got to be. And I think if... Uh... If Biden does get a real blowout going, then yeah, that's definitely a state that we should be mm-hmm. carrying, and hopefully, some down ballot that we should be carrying as well. Like yeah. like you said, two thousand eight, where we won the governor's race, where we won the Senate race, that's all doable. You know, it's it's a reach, but it's doable. It's moving the way Virginia did. So speaking of all these states, we need to work on in the general um, general election is basically kicked off. We have a mm-hmm. nominee in Joe Biden. Um, you know, Daddy has returned to to the television stations. Uh, Obama gave a speech that really just made everything in this country feel ten million percent better, and I have no idea how the fuck he does that. Yeah, he's he's a leader. <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel like we're gonna be okay. 
when yeah. I hear him talk. It is in fucking incredible. Uh, oh. He gave an 11 minute uh, endorsement of Joe Biden, which included a significant amount of time spent uh, fluffing Bernie Sanders, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the enthusiasm he's brought to young people. Enthusiasm, by the way, that once was Obama's forte. That was yeah. the hallmark of 2008. Uh, and, you know, for the record, Obama brought out way more youth turnout than Sanders did by yeah. leaps and bounds. Just leaps and bounds. He got half of them to turn out. When the fuck have you got half of young voters to do anything? That was the only time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the only time it's happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, and everybody else came around Biden. He, he got the endorsement of every one of his former challengers. Uh, Sanders gave a, a live stream with Biden together. Uh, it was really highly choreographed and really well done. I don't know if you watched it, but... Uh, it was basically laid out in such a way that Sanders could gently lead Biden to everything they agreed on, highlight a couple things where Sanders was going to work to move them, and everybody sang Kumbaya, and it, it really played out well. Yeah. Yeah, It it's kind of what we have to do. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the most alienated folks are ever going to be brought over, but he, the people who were not with Biden are going to have to you know, the ones that aren't completely unreachable, we're going to need every single one of them because Trump can't just lose. He has to lose hard. You know, this has to be repudiated. It's important for the country that <laughs> yeah, we blow this away. It is, but it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I know. Just the way... <laughs> that 45%. That, yeah, yeah, the way it all works out, it, it can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish it could, man. Like, even Obama 2008 margins like mm, it would be so nice yeah yeah we could win indiana just to rub it in pence's fucking face <laughs> yeah yeah uh so so that's it this is the start uh and it it starts quick mm-hmm. um the trump campaign has already started targeting biden uh specifically over a bunch of hunter biden stuff which you knew they would. Yeah. Uh, luckily, nobody seems to care. And also, There's... they lied off their ass. Yeah. They they accused him of still being on the board of a company that he resigned from months ago, like six months ago, seven months ago. And then mm-hmm. they said he lied about resigning from the board because they got access to some sort of public database that hadn't been updated since October. <laughs> it's evidence. Yeah. Something. We don't know what. Hunter's attorney like released a letter to the press from the company. It was some Taiwanese company. I don't remember. It's it's not the one in uh, the Ukraine. It's a different company. He got a letter from the board, like you know, saying that yes, as reported, he resigned in like September thirty first or something like that. Uh, it's just it's going to be a fake election. Everything yeah. about it is going to be fake. The outrage is going to be fake. The news stories are going to be fake. Even the swing voters are fake. I kind of feel like we know what side we're on already. If there's anybody who is wavering in their choice right now, uh, you're, you're brain dead. 
Yeah. <laughs> there could who not be a clearer difference. How can you waffle between these two? Who has yet to make up their mind about Donald Trump as president? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've That's just got question. another yeah. fucking six months of some fake-ass bullshit before we all start pulling some levers. Yep. Well, see if we can get a good false equivalency going and get yeah let let people decide. Oh well, you know which is it really one going to be worse than the other? Just like in 2016, but yeah, I think that's going to be hard to do. There hasn't been the same kind of demonization campaign, you know, decades worth that against Biden that was as as comparable to the one that was against Hillary Clinton. So. Are you saying that the media in this country might go harder on a woman than a man, Dan? Is that what you're insinuating? Heaven forfend, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Story of America. Well, and, yeah, woman, but that woman in particular that just got blasted, yeah. I'm surprised uh, Trump never brought up Vince Foster in 2016. Did he? Oh, must have. I'm sure he did at some point. I don't believe I ever heard it, but you know what? It really would not have surprised me. Yeah, yeah. He dug up every embarrassing 90s nonsense. I. What about? I'm trying to think. Wasn't there that insane conspiracy theory that Jerry Falwell was, you know, hawking back in the 90s about Clinton running a cocaine operation? Uh, Yeah, so there's a whole thing about that, and, like, the Arkansas Bureau (laughs) investigation and some, you know, drug dealers or drug mules dead on some train tracks. There's there's a whole mythology behind that (laughs) conspiracy uh, theory. I'm not even kidding. It is as detailed, like, laid out as the the fucking like JFK conspiracy. It is insane. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking maybe Trump got into that too. I don't remember, but would not have surprised me if during one of those three hour rallies he started rambling about that. Yeah, they have specific bodies and like criminals that are tied to it and agents that are part of it and yeah. The nineties were weird, man. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Speaking of a time when, you know, domestic terrorists roamed the earth and secession movements were all around, uh, Trump stoking civil war again. I, yeah. I just, I had to highlight that because this is not really the first time he stoked civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time he's encouraging an uprising in certain states he doesn't like. Uh, Wisconsin being one of them because they, you know, elected the wrong judge. Uh, I think California was another one. Florida. Uh, Virginia, Virginia, yeah, that was yeah. where he started. He specifically was, I think, ranting about the Second Amendment. And oh yeah, yeah. The new gun great. laws passed in Florida, which should really show you that elections fucking matter. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, huge wins across the board for progressives in Virginia, really. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole year. Uh, Trump is mad about these stay-at-home orders because he wants the economy to be good. Because he wants to win re-election. I don't think it's really occurred to him that even if a bunch of people go to work and they all start dying, uh, the numbers on the stock market are still going to go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing he can do at this point. You're along for the ride with us as well. Yeah, I mean, the damage is there. If people are frightened to go to work and go buy things and all the above, and if businesses don't open, even, even though they're told they can, I'm sure... You know, it's still going to be in the in the dumper, and 
that's there's no way to fix that except to ride it out you know to come up with a competent response and that's just beyond him yeah um he's put out some guidelines and then immediately tried to suggest people ignore the guidelines and open certain things anyway it's there's been a complete lack of leadership from dc in this crisis it, it's been total there there has been zero executive response yeah uh, and i just i i cannot believe that in a moment like this we're in the united states of america and this sort of thing is happening this is the kind of thing that happens in other countries that we see in the international section of the news and think oh man that sucks they mm-hmm. should get it together yeah <laughs> we are the third world country yeah, you know, we were warned, you know, that was everything leading up to the 2016 elections, that it's going to be really terrible if he wins. And we've had three and a half years now uh, living with that nightmare. And and nearly 5,000 people died yesterday. Nearly yeah. 5,000, like 4,870-something. More than 9-11. We're racking up more than a 9-11 every single day at this point. It's so wild yeah and gosh what i mean what were the totals at now i'm curious it's been a while since i checked so if we're hitting four nearly five thousand a day yeah uh, it was a bit of a surprise we had been at like two thousand people a day and it absolutely shot up wow yeah so we're at nearly forty thousand Wow. Looking at uh, Google's case overviews, we're up to uh, 740,000 confirmed cases uh, with 38,928 deaths. Mm-hmm. So that's, well, I guess, what, 5%, I guess, of the uh, identified cases. Wow. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking terrifying. And we've only had uh, 66,000 people recover. Mm -hmm. Uh, So most of those cases have been in the last two weeks. And, you know, you're just going to see that trend go even farther. Yeah. Just keep, well, plowing right along. I mean, from what I understand, we finally finally reduced the number of new cases that are emerging, at least at a, you know, slow down the rate of increase to a point where we can say that some of the measures are working, but... Yeah, it's now growing, uh, in some areas, it's now growing arithmetically rather than exponentially. It's not growing as a percentage of cases, it's growing as a set number. Right, and that's more or less where we're at at Washington, where it's, Mm. it's now at about 400 cases a day pretty consistently rather than yeah where it would have been shooting up to probably 800 or a thousand cases a day if it had continued on the previous trajectory cases were doubling every two to three days it's interesting though because looking at this map you know new york and massachusetts and new jersey and pennsylvania or connecticut you know that kind of area is really the big ones but then there's another like fairly major cluster of cases in the midwest between michigan Mm -hmm. ohio indiana illinois uh that's a big solid chunk right there 
and then all across kind of the the, the south there you've got mm-hmm. over representation you know north carolina south carolina georgia alabama louisiana mississippi tennessee uh, even like texas and florida and whatnot these states are are higher than you know other red states farther north say north dakota south dakota montana wyoming very you know underrepresented when you look at the overall numbers in the country yeah yeah well yeah we're at you know probably what six weeks now since it really started feeling real i gotta say because I want to say it was right around the 11th, the 12th, the end of that week, that it really became apparent that this is going to be something life-altering, you know, massive. This is going to be everything for the rest of the year. We decided to go into lockdown the day that Oregon got its first death. Um, mm-hmm. That was, you know, when we decided that our actions are impacting other people's lives. And if we're going to flatten this curve, absent of any sort of leadership in this country, it's incumbent upon us as citizens. Uh, and so Amber and I decided we were only going to leave the house for, for work uh, and then spend the rest of the time in there. Uh, and then three days later, Oregon went into full lockdown uh, where that was enforced. And so we got there just a, a couple days earlier than everybody else. Uh, and at that point, Amber's job shut down, so you know she wasn't even leaving for for work. It's been some real ass quarantine for us. Yeah. We we leave once every two weeks or so to uh, go to the grocery store. I was working up until Wednesday. Wednesday was my last day to work. So now now I'm just here at home. Uh, yeah, it, you're right about it being life altering. Like this is a year we're going to look back and remember. Because it's yeah, it, it's hard to think of anything like it. In you know, the last thing I can think of that was this you know changing to everybody's routine was September 11th. It's really the only thing comparable. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great uh, a great balance to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I know in a lot of ways the fact that this is bigger than September 11th but also is taking more time than September 11th seems to make a lot of people, instead of this like never forget we were attacked type thing, this is there's a lot of desire to memory hold this, to just throw it in there and pretend like it never fucking happened. Yeah. That's really, I think, at the heart of a lot of these protests, like reopen the country and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, we can't, we can't acknowledge that there were some pretty massive mistakes made to get us to this point. That it might, maybe, might have been better contained if there had been some better decision making. And so it just has to be, you know, an act of God. But it's also over now. So everybody back to normal. And yeah, there'll be a lot of deaths. But there have already been a lot of deaths. So maybe we won't notice anymore. Yeah. Mm. Just, just crazy, crazy thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, anything going on up in Washington? No, it's 
Okay. It's been very slow, very quiet. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, with the country shut down, not a lot is happening. Yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about the vetoes. I want to say it was two weeks ago, and then we followed a little, followed up a little bit on the taxes. But yeah, it's been very slow going. Uh, I think you know we're still several months out from when we have our primary elections. Uh, yeah, it's not much. How about Oregon? Uh, not really. I've we've been in contact with uh, I think most of our state representatives, state senators, uh, helping get Amber's unemployment stuff uh, hammered out. Right. the The system here is completely fucked. It's still busy, like during every moment of working hours. Um, I mean, everything's, like, fixed with hers now, but she had no interaction with anybody for that. They, they just started sending checks and started sending some other checks for earlier times, and, yeah. Uh, the state unemployment department apparently quadrupled their staff this week. They hired four times their current staff. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that, because the phone lines are still busy or whatnot. That has been... All I've seen of Oregon's government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the caseloads are massive there. Yeah. Same yeah. here in Washington State. I think, uh, I don't know if they quadrupled, but tripled, I want to say, what, you know, they were putting together to handle the increase in claims for unemployment here. Because, yeah, everything is shut down. <laughs> Nobody can work. The, uh, the city government's bracing for, uh, a pretty big hole coming up. They think they're going to be a hundred million dollars short in their budget to $250 million short in their budget by this time next year. Uh, just between everything they're doing. And they're also looking at direct cash payments in Portland to like 2000 cities, poorest families. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're looking pretty fucked on that. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, sales tax probably yeah. sales tax well i think the hope is that there would be some further relief from the federal government incoming but it was heaven and earth getting that first relief package out of the feds and they're in recess for i guess the better part of another month so and i totally can't get my relief from the feds for that i've been yeah. trying for a while uh, yeah, they, they say they don't have my bank information. They do have my bank information. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I think might be causing them to think that they don't have my bank information is I had perfect withholding last year. So my, my federal so refund, no refund was zero. But yeah. uh, the IRS specifically says if they don't have bank information uh, on file for 2019, they'll grab your 2018 bank information and I got a refund of $34 in 2018. Jeez. So they have my bank information. When I try to give them my bank information, uh, I get a technical difficulties error. Uh, and it says that that option is not available. So fuck if I know. I'm one of those people waiting until August to get a paper check. Oh, God. Well, you get you get the president's signature on it. On the memo line. Some, yeah. Not on the signature line. It would be illegal, like, not allowed. It's got to be a disbursement officer yeah. on on the the signature line. But they, they delayed everything to put the president's signature on the memo line. 
off the chest. That's great Emperor Caligula shit going on with that. <laughs> Jesus. It's so pathetic. It really yeah. is. Like, it's not even that people are dying. People people die a lot. Like, pandemics, not that they, they happen, but they are a fact of nature. And as long as we had, like, a response, you know, the federal government trying to make things better, even, you know, when people were dying, it would feel so much better. It's how pathetic and small and juvenile the shit that comes out of his mouth during this is that's what makes it so fucking bad people are dying and there's not even the respect of a dignified fucking president in office it is disgraceful that brings it back up to the top and i think that's part of what we're so thirsty for from obama and all the rest we remember a time when there was a president who could handle this shit without being completely ridiculous and here we are yeah well i'm gonna go be depressed and make pizza so all right <laughs> thanks for hanging out dan absolutely have a good one see you next week bye